0: Some years ago, an older, middle-aged man sat in my office reporting a Lifetime series of failed relationships with his several wives, children, and business partners. He had lived life to the fullest, he said, made a whole mountain of money, and though he should probably feel more guilt than he did, he wasn't entirely displeased with what he had experienced. Interesting experience, after all, is what gave zest to life, he said. He loved the freedom to do whatever he pleased, whenever he pleased. He was something of a modern libertine, I surmised. So then what should we talk about, I asked. With that, he fell silent for a moment, eventually offering that annoying emptiness had crept up on him over the last months. Among the other things, he realized he wanted a relationship with his children who wanted nothing to do with him. Of course, he'd been absent for much of their lives. While he had many other sorts of relationships, he realized none of them really deeply mattered all that much, and he felt adrift despite his wealth. Maybe it was a kind of midlife crisis, he offered, but of an opposite variety from what we normally hear about, like some middle-aged guy acting out, stepping out of a rut in some big-time way. With a smirking laugh, he added that he had been acting out his whole life. What brought him to my door was a kind of awakening, or, well, he was hard-pressed to say just what exactly had whomped him on the side of the head. A couple of weeks ago, he awoke with a start in the middle of the night with two words in his mind. Come home. They still felt as fresh today as they did that morning. He didn't remember anything else he had dreamt, just those two words. Often walking by this church on his way to work, he stepped through the doors a month earlier and sat down. He hadn't consciously connected any dots to cause this short step from the sidewalk to sanctuary, just a spontaneous decision. But here's where it got a little silly, he added. He couldn't remember the last time he had been to a church. Long ago, he'd thrown off any sort of interest in religion, thought it was mostly a lot of baloney, and anyway, would likely interfere with the sort of life he wanted. And like he said, it wasn't that he was feeling especially guilty, just empty, really empty. And teary. Now, that, that really shocked him. When he sat down in here and looked around, his eyes welled up with tears. Something like that had never happened before. He rarely cried. Couldn't remember the last time. Tears weren't part of his normal experience. But somehow he knew they linked up with that short phrase, Come Home, which now clobbered him with a headache. For the next several mornings, he stepped into this space and then on the following Sunday made a completely counterintuitive decision to go to a worship service here. He was stunned when the message that morning was all about our existential and spiritual experience of finding our true home. He said that in the sermon I even mentioned that many who stuck around this place reported how they felt at home here when they first crossed the threshold. That's the track that brought him to my office. Stories like this keep me humble and alert to the fact that I'm at my best when I recognize God is already three steps ahead of where I might think I ought to be. I can suffer from feeling this spiritual quest is all about my effort and forget that but for God's graciousness, all my effort would mean nothing. Here's another confession. I wasn't initially sure how to take this guy, and I told him so. Of course, I was intrigued and sort of blown away by his story, which seemed completely guileless. But that was the challenge. By his own admission, this was a man who was normally full of guile, but through his recent experience had been disarmed. He didn't use that word. But he wouldn't have come to speak with me, an anonymous minister, if this disarmament hadn't taken place. And I've learned over the years that when this sort of disarmament happens, I need to disarm as well. I have to let go of my judgments and biases. In fact, disarmament is an essential spiritual discipline if we seek to have an honest relationship with God or anyone else. Man, that can be such a hard thing to learn and to hang on to. It's hard to say what makes someone open up to a truth that's larger than they've known. What cracks them open? Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever been cracked open with a rush of a new truth? One of the first things that's acknowledged, I suppose, either consciously or unconsciously, is that there actually is a truth that's larger than we've known. I know by personal experience and reasoning my way through our tradition and scriptures that there is a truth larger than what I know, that this truth should be spelled with a capital T, and that the best language we have for this truth is what we refer to as religious or spiritual mystical language, language that reaches beyond material experience. And I've discovered that our scriptures remain relentlessly valuable in helping us unlock the meanings of our lives, even in the 21st century. Take the famous story of Zacchaeus we heard earlier. We read about a certain rich man, a chief tax collector. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem, and Zacchaeus wanted to catch a glimpse of him. In Roman times, tax collecting was rented out to the highest bidder, who could extort whatever he could from the general populace. As a Roman lackey and a greedy profiteer, Zacchaeus was a much despised man as well as too short to see over the crowds, gathered to see Jesus enter Jericho. He might have been pelted with stones had he tried to approach the crowd following Jesus. But Zacchaeus just climbed a tree so he could have a better vantage point. Was Was he becoming vaguely conscious of the deep loneliness his profession had created? Did he have the faintest beginnings of a guilty conscience, Or was he feeling empty, though he was very rich? Zacchaeus was captured by the moment and oddly guileless. Yet this was a man who was normally full of guile. I'm thinking that in his desire to meet Jesus, he had been disarmed, and he wouldn't have received Jesus into his home if this disarmament hadn't taken place. For his part, Jesus saw a man awakening to a truth he hadn't acknowledged before, Although he risked being ostracized himself, Jesus sought this man out. We might say Jesus disarmed himself, inviting himself to the man's house for a meal. Interesting, isn't it, how the idea of home comes into play here. In effect, Jesus made a home with this man that everyone else reviled. No word about whether or not he liked Zacchaeus, but he surely loved Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus' history was irrelevant in the moment. We're told this encounter shook Zacchaeus into a grace-filled response. In the excitement of what had happened to him, he promised to be more than generous and repay many times over whatever he had taken by fraud. And Jesus praised him as a son of Abraham, the Jewish ideal of a faithful servant of God. In other words, Zacchaeus came home, as it were, and his life took on a very different character. We might say he had a reverse midlife crisis. Suppose as you went home today, you ran into Jesus, and he invited himself over for brunch. Play out that little fiction as a kind of homework, during dessert, could you imagine him saying, Today salvation has come to your house. For the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lonely, or the homeless, or the empty. This being All Saints Sunday, we might consider that Zacchaeus could be accounted among the saints. He had been lost, but found his way home. It strikes me that some of us are likely somewhere on that same particular journey. Like the guy that showed up in my office wanting conversation. Eventually, he refocused his energy on re-engaging with his children. He had to be patient and open. He had to disarm required adapting a different set of priorities. And he met with some success before an untimely heart attack, and he died. But I'm thinking, the work he did with his kids was preparation for the homecoming he finally received.